Well, I think golf will evolve and I think there's a lot of different things that we're learning from a lot of players and hopefully we can be one of those actors into golf transformation. We're hearing all those discussions about how far should the golf ball go? How do we make golf more fun? So I think there's a lot of flux in the way golf is being reflected upon. The rules are being simplified. The game is being simplified. And at the end of the day, the one thing that it all points to is time. Time is of the essence in the American lifestyle and Canadian lifestyle and every lifestyle around the world. And allowing people to play for the time that they have, the game that they love, is something that is going to be critical. And hopefully we're going to be an actor, a voice, and part of that conversation. Welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast, where we speak with the influencers, disruptors, entrepreneurs, and innovators who are shaping the future of golf. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the Mod Golf Podcast, thank you for joining us. Remember to hit the subscribe button on either iTunes or our show page at www.mod.golf so that you'll never miss the latest engaging story with my amazing guests. And if you're a Spotify subscriber, you can now find the Mod Golf Podcast there too. I'm your host, Colin Weston, and today my guest is Pascal Stolz who is the CEO of eGolf Pay. Our most precious resource is time, and one of golf's traditional pain points is the amount of time that it takes to play 18 holes. Golf courses have maintained the pay for a full or half-round business model for over 100 years. But what if you could reclaim control over your golf experience and only pay for the holes that you play? Well, eGolf Pay gives you an Uber-like experience to do just this, as they are passionately growing the game one hole at a time. Pascal, welcome and thanks so much for joining me today on the Mod Golf Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Delighted to be with you and your guests. Oh, thanks so much. And really excited about having this conversation, Pascal. Now, uh, now, Pascal, we met at the PGA Merchandise Show about a month or so back. And there I was strolling down the show floor aisles looking for the next innovative golf product or experience so I could have them on the show. And then I came across Eagle Pay. And I'll be honest, I had not heard about you guys before this. And I had a great conversation with you. And thank you for taking the time and bringing me up to speed. And I thought immediately, well, I told you, I said, I have to get you on the Mod Golf Podcast. So thanks so much for making the time to make this happen. Because I think you guys are right in the wheelhouse of the reason why the Mod Golf Podcast exists, and that is looking at the future and disruptive and innovative ways of creating that and solving some of golf's problems. So with that, Pascal, can we start out here with you telling us a bit about yourself and your background and your connectivity with golf and just a brief overview of Eagle Pay? Yeah, absolutely. As your listeners are going to find out, I have a little bit of an accent, and that accent comes from France. I moved to the States back in 85, went to San Diego States and was a golfer all my life. Trying to figure out a way to stay in the United States, I figured I'm going to do my master thesis in the golf industry. And so I did a big piece of work with the National Golf Foundation back in 1985 entitled Retail Store Choice Behavior for Products of the Golf Industry. And that piece of work was published, which was kind of nice. And that gave me an entry to actually join the golf industry and join TaylorMade Golf Company here in Carlsbad, California. I was the father of the launch of the Burner Bubble and many other TaylorMade products and then was recruited by Cobra Golf to head and spearhead their worldwide marketing efforts. So I've been in the golf business for many, many years, elected to leave the golf business to pursue technology and move to Seattle, the hotbed of Amazon, Microsoft. So spent a few years in technology 
and then recently came back to San Diego and worked on the launch of Eagle Pay here in the United States. Fantastic. So I, I did not know those details of your background there. It's, it's how you got into the industry. You did mention, of course, that your accent, that you are French. Let's have a conversation about the inception of Eagle Pay. And that takes us back to France, does it not? Can you tell us about the inception of Eagle Pay and what the problem you're first looking to solve and how you managed to morph and pivot into what you're doing today? Yeah, so the founder and one of the co-founders of Eagle Pay used to be the director of marketing for Cobra Golf Europe when I was spearheading the worldwide efforts for Cobra Golf. And a few years back, in the advent of smartwatches, he came with the concept of, hmm, what if we could replace a golf scorecard by tracking every single shot that you play? And now it's going to automatically figure out how many holes you've played, how many strokes you've had. And that was the inception of the first product that they came out with. But when the smartwatch market didn't really take off, they figured that they had to reinvent themselves. And rather than relying on a smartwatch, they figured, let's try to move our technology to a smartphone and try to tackle one of the big problems that was being perceived at the time, which was pace of play. And so by tracking golfers on a golf course and providing golf courses with a dashboard, they were hoping that golf courses would buy the application so that they could send a marshal to the exact group that was slowing everybody down. The challenge was golf courses, A, didn't want to pay for such a service, and B, you could not require every golfer to download the app for monitoring pace of play. Faced with that challenge, one of the golf course, which is happens to be the Golf National, where the Ryder Cup is going to be played this coming September, suggested that, hey, if you add a payment mechanism and track how many holes they play, then now you can solve a problem that I've had, which is allowing people to play and pay just for the holes that they played. And so the team started talking to different golf courses, went to the Evian Championship in France and talked to golfers. And that was the germination of what is now Eagle Pay. They launched the product in September of 2016. And in April of 2017, we're ready to explore bringing the application to the U.S. market. And so he remembered that I lived in the United States since 85 and tapped me on the shoulder and says, hey, you've been in the industry for a long time. Do you want to give this a shot? And so the first thing that we realized was that the way golf is played in Europe is different than the way golf is played in the United States. 80% of the rounds in Europe are walked, while 80% of the rounds in the United States are cart. And as a result, we had to do a lot of evolution of our code base to properly track rounds that are walked and rounds that are played riding a cart. Right. Now, one thing I really love about this journey you've been on for the last couple of years, similar to the conversations I have with a lot of startups that I mentor with and young entrepreneurs, this concept of finding your customers first and listening to them to reveal the opportunities that presented themselves. And it sounds like with Le Golf National, that revealed itself for you there. You pivoted, as we say in the startup world, that you changed course a little bit there, didn't reinvent the whole vision, but you just see a greater opportunity here. And from what I understand, because I was watching the background of the traction you guys were getting at the PGA Merchandise Show. Perhaps you can tell our audience, our listeners, a bit about your experience at the show, because you guys have really managed to break this thing open from the time you spent there. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things that I wanted to point out in the thing that you just said is listen to your customer. In the first iteration that we tried to bring to market, we were trying to push something on to golf courses. And once we were able to listen to what courses really need, became the aha moment. Basically, we are catering to one of the two things that golf course need. On one side, they're catering to membership. On the other side is rounds and revenues. And by focusing on that, solving one of that problem, which is bringing more people that will play more golf, but this time on their own time, as opposed to forcing them into an 18 or nine hole course, then we open up the horizon for courses to meet the needs of their audiences and drive at the same time more revenue, more rounds, a win-win-win for everyone. It's great that you guys did not fall into that entrepreneurial trap that unfortunately so many do fall into, and that is falling in love with your product and also getting your ego involved, that you end up creating a what you consider a beautiful product that is on time and on budget that you deliver that nobody wants. And unfortunately, the world is littered with those entrepreneurs that make those mistakes. Yeah. The fact you guys stepped back and you listened, and now you're moving forward and really delivering something that has value and does solve a fundamental problem in golf, and that is liberating up the golfer's time so that they can play more golf. With that, so our, our listeners can understand if they've never heard of Eagle Pay before, can you take us through as a golfer, because this really is, we call it a, a double-sided marketplace for you, the fact you actually are connecting with the golf course owners and staff and also with golfers to actually to generate that. We use the Uber analogy, you and I talked about this, and I know you've used this quite a bit, Pascal, saying in this case here that the golf courses are the equivalent of the car that Uber or Lyft has, and the staff at the golf course is the equivalent of the driver. You're not supplying them, they actually benefit from it and they, they actually supply those assets for you. So with that, can you actually run through for our listeners how the journey of, hey, they wanted to go play three holes of golf and they've got time for that and their local golf course supports Eagle Pay. How can they make that happen? Yeah. And then I'm going to continue on the uh, Uber discussion that we just had. With Uber, you download an app. With Eagle Pay, you download an app on the iOS or Android platform. So you look for Eagle, E-G-U-L-L, Pay. Once the app is downloaded, just like Uber, where you request a car with Eagle Pay, all the golf courses that are participating on the service are listed as a function of the distance that they are from you. With Uber, you click a button to request a car. With Eagle Pay, you click on the button to book and contact a golf course to make sure that they are open for play. Once you get to the golf course, you press the button play and the course gives you a code that you enter in your phone that starts the GPS tracking of your phone so that we can count exactly the number of holes that you've played. Now the golf course could say, why don't you start on one, start on 10, start on 12. They uh, are in charge of monitoring how they want their golf course utilization to be. So let's say you go on hole number 12 and you play your six holes and you've played so good, you'd like to play a few more. Go play a few more and when you're done, go back to the parking lot, press end. Just like when Uber, you leave the car and your round is automatically built inside the app and that's it. 
Wow. And looking at the interface that you have, I'm coming to realize here, Pascal, that not only do you have a, a strong tech background and a golf background, but obviously you and your team has a very strong uh, user experience and user interface background too, because really what you've created here, like Uber and Lyft is a frictionless experience for the golfer. And it sounds like you're developing also for the golf course owner. Yeah. And that was critical in the implementation because Golf courses are inundated by people trying to bring new technologies and how do you integrate that technology into their existing structure and how do you train the staff? So that's some of the big hurdles for technology company getting into the golf market is that you face that hurdle of having different level of expertise behind the counter. And so what we did is we adapted the concept of the Amazon one-click model where the only thing that the golf course operator, once they are set up, is to push a single button, give a code to the golfer to put in their phone, and that's the end of their interaction. At the PGA show, which I forgot to answer that question that you posed earlier, we have been praised for the simplicity with which the golf operator can actually implement the system without having to train too many of their staff or any of their staff for that matter, once they know that they got to go to the Eagle Pay software and push the button when a golfer has made a request, it is very simple. They don't have to process any payment. Everything is automated in the back end. So we really, really thought through the user experience on both the golf course side and the golfer side. I was speaking and moderating at an educational seminar for the PGA of British Columbia, where I am in Vancouver, and I had over 160 golf course operators there. And I was telling them about eGolf Pay as one of the disruptive technologies that can make their business better, can actually make it more valuable and can increase their utilization rates. And I can just see on their faces already this fear of complexity, even though you explained, and I do believe this as far as that it is fairly seamless and easy to get on board. Have you noticed that even the perception of that is one of the biggest hurdles here that as far as education, as far as onboarding for golf course owners, that you are making this easier and more valuable rather than adding yet one more complexity for them? What type of feedback are you getting? Yeah, that, it, it is definitely some of the questions. And once we give them a very simple little video that explains how simple it is to get started and to onboard a golfer to go and play, the fact that they don't have to have any marshal to monitor on course, they don't have to have extra staff, they don't need to do any of those extraneous efforts compared to other technologies, then we have solved a very significant barrier to adoption. But it's definitely something that they are cognizant about. And it is really not the objection that is precluding people from wanting to deploy the system. They're more fearful that they don't want to trade an 18-hole booking with a five-hole uncertain play. And that's why we make golf courses fully in control of hours of operations so that they can maintain their core business. We're really after the unsold inventory or filling up the T-sheet where they have unsold tea times. Right. And, and to that, speaking with you, you've approached this very nicely as a lean startup where rather than trying to solve every problem at once and adding all these features that will overcomplicate things, you've looked at a big opportunity here as far as inventory goes, as you mentioned, and that is with Twilight Golf. Can you uh, elaborate a bit on that as far as the opportunities there and how that is perhaps a bit simpler to resolve as far as the coordination with golf courses? 
Yeah, so Twilight Golf is a very interesting use case. On one side, for golfers, they feel like they don't want to pay an 18-hole tee time when they may only be able to play, let's say, 12 or 14 holes. Even though golf courses may heavily discount those tee times to try to bring golfers in, the golfer mentality is, well, they're asking me to pay $24 instead of 55 but I'm still not going to be able to get 18 and they're charging me for 18 And so what is happening is on the golfer side, by offering them to play and pay by the hole, they're much happier that even though the cost may be more than the $14 of the twilight rate, they've actually only played and paid for what they played. So we're hearing a lot of golf courses who are leaving a lot of money on the table thinking, wow, maybe I should start switching my twilight rate on play and pay by the hole. Let golfers play as many as they want. If they're behind a slow group and they won't finish 18, let's not be bothered anymore. Let's go home and we play 12 holes and we only paid for 12 holes. Similarly, you have the same venom with rain checks. Many times golfers are afraid that they may not get on the golf course because there's a 50% chance of rain, and so they don't show up. Or if they show up, then golfers may request a rain check, and it's lost revenue for the golf course, even though the golfers has played. So now by switching to play and pay by the hole, it becomes a win-win for everyone. The golfers knows that they're not going to be charged for playing in the rain if they don't want to play in the rain. And golf courses don't have to issue a rain check for a service that has been provided to that golfer. Uh, I had not thought about the rain check possibility there. That, yeah, that's huge because that's always a negative experience for both ends in that particular arrangement. And I know I've been in that predicament myself, but I do also know myself with the twilight round. It's funny, I've actually lived that, that I've got grumpy, even though I'm paying half price, that we've only got 14 holes. And then you always, it's the way you do it, you got to go back to the clubhouse anyway. You'll push through and play maybe one or two or three holes more than you should. And it's almost dark outside and you're losing balls and it's a terrible experience. But for some reason you feel like you're getting more value. So you're completely alleviating that pain point, which is great. One other thing I wanted to mention, I read this, that this opportunity for you also, you spoke about the rain, but also during the summer months in the United States, in the Sun Belt from Southern California, Arizona, Texas, Florida, where it's unbelievably hot that you don't want to be out there even on a golf cart playing 18 holes for five hours. That I guess that's a great opportunity for you too, that people can go out and play two or three or four holes and that's it and get back in the shade. Exactly. And we have many courses that are starting to realize that the reason people don't come out is because they don't want to suffer 110 degree heat. Right. Now, if they were to be able to come and play five holes and then decide, hey, it's actually not going to be that hot and I want to keep going, then I keep going. Some other interesting scenarios as, you know, many golf resorts that host convention we're under the premise that, hey, if we put a golf course, there's a thousand people in a convention, then we're going to get a lot of play on our golf courses. It just so happened that that is not the case. People are there to attend the convention and don't have five hours to go play. We have many of those resorts and convention facilities starting to think, hmm, maybe those convention attendees, rather than spending an hour having a typical cold cut meat lunch in a big conference room, why not go and play five holes for an hour, enjoy the outdoors, and then come back and attend the rest of my seminars? 
Interesting. I was just out at one of our local golf courses, one of our city courses yesterday. I just went out there to putt some balls for an hour. So it was only about 50 degrees out and I really didn't want to, want to play in that situation. And I was by myself and I would have been happy to go out to play three, four, five holes. I walked up to in the pro shop. Of course, I had to play 18 holes, even though there's nobody on the golf course and it still would have cost me $40. And I had mentioned eGolf Pay and he had never heard of it. Maybe I have one more customer for you there because he was immediately then looking that up. Wonderful. And I said, you know what? Right now, yep. I would go out and play three or four holes if you had Eagle Pay because I've got to go pick up my kids from school in another two hours, two and a half hours. I don't have time for 18 holes and I don't want to pay for 18 holes and only play 11 holes. It just feels unrewarding as far as the value that I actually get. And you've already discussed that and I completely agree. So I did test that out yesterday and the guy even said, you know, that's a great idea. And to that point, I, I know that a lot of other golf courses think that's a great idea. I have an article open in front of me here where at the PGA show, you had over 100 requests from golf course owners to deploy Eagle Pay over the next few months. So obviously you're getting traction and positive feedback that golf courses are now leaning in and saying, yeah, we got to learn more about this. So can you tell me about that traction that you received at the show? Yeah, absolutely. We made a big bet in trying to get a significant presence. And as you know, trade shows are pretty expensive for a little startup. But the overwhelming reception that we've received was incredible. We had people from most of the big golf management groups that have 100 plus golf courses under operation that have expressed significant interest in saying, well, we got to do some beta tests. You guys are onto something. We have many use cases where we can definitely use you. But where it was most rewarding is to have all these individual small courses that actually came and shared with us a lot of concepts and ideas that they had as soon as they saw our sign in saying, wow, you're going to make me a lot more revenue because 80% of my golfers don't come. They're those occasional golfers that I need to find a way to bring back to the course. Those golfers now tend to either bowl or cycle or yoga because they only have an hour. They'd rather play golf if they could, but hitting balls on a driving range for an hour is not as much fun as going and playing the four or five holes that you've talked about. And so we've had municipal golf courses. We had army and naval base golf courses. We had high-end public golf courses. So it's been a lot of fun having follow-up discussion. Our challenge is, unfortunately, half of the country is still under that eastern storm and snow. So we're not all yet in the mindset of playing golf. But at the same time, as a CEO of Eagle, I see that as a tremendous opportunity. The longer they stay closed, the stronger the pressure will be to drive and catch up on the revenue streams. And that should open up some new opportunities for us to have faster deployments. Right. So speaking about golf courses, I wanted to talk about this as far as the power of partnerships. Other startups and companies I've had on, they've talked about either the partnerships they have now to help propel them forward or the ones they've had in the past and continue to have that have allowed them to scale. Using Golf Board as an example, they were struggling of trying to either sell or lease their golf boards to individuals and saw the real market opportunity was to scale very quickly by getting into golf courses, especially with companies that owned multiple or hundreds of golf courses like Billy Casper Golf or American Golf Company. Do you have relationships with companies? Companies like that or partnerships that you're now in the works that you can tell us about that are going to help you scale quickly? Yeah, so we have a number of different ones. So on the golf course operators, as I mentioned at the PGA show, we've had discussion with the likes of Billy Casper Golf, Troon, American Golf, Century Golf. Brown Management has already deployed six of their 25 golf courses. So we're starting to get the traction at, at that level. 
We also had discussion with the PGA of America at the section level. So in the U.S., there's 41 PGA sections, and we're entering into strategic partnership with each of those PGA sections. We actually started with the Southern California PGA section back in November. At the head of the Southern California PGA section is the former president of the PGA of America. So that carried a lot of weight. We entered into a strategic partnership with the Chicago Golf Association. So as they are preparing for the seasons, their 80,000 members and 200 plus member golf courses are going to be exposed to Eagle in new ways. But then one of the big thing that we are pushing is letting golfers let their golf course know that time is of the essence. It's important to them and that we need to have them tell their golf course that they should consider Eagle Pay. So to do that, we have launched a national sweepstake where golfers can be entered into a raffle to win a trip for two to the Ryder Cup with Saturday-Sunday ticket. It just so happened that the Ryder Cup is being played at the Golf National, which was the inceptions of where Eagle Pay was conceptualized and started and deployed. And the only thing that those golfers have to do is find the email of the GM or the director of golf of a course that you would like to see on Eagle Pay, send them a note that you'd like to have them consider Eagle Pay, ccridercup at eagle.golf. That's your entry into the sweepstake. And so hopefully we're going to have a little bit of social media influence and peer pressure from golfers to golf courses that will help drive adoption at a faster pace. Well, right after we finish this conversation, I'm going to email the 160 golf course operators that I spoke to at the PGA of BC seminar there. And so does that mean I get to enter myself 160 times in the contest to go to the Ryder Cup? Exactly. No, I guess that. Yes, you. Yes, yes you could. <laughs> I, hey, no. the more outreach, one email is one entry. This is what I will put out there to my listeners. I suggest strongly that you just take what Pascal said there and you talk to your golf course or multiple golf courses that you play at, so that you can enter in that contest. So with that, I will make sure in the show notes, Pascal, that I will include the links to that, so people can easily enter. I know you're all about one step in one click to make things happen. So I will embrace the spirit of that to make it easy for our listeners to enter in that contest and from the ground up grassroots we can start to grow the game and spread the eagle pay word that way wonderful and if your listeners can't find for some odd reasons the email to send the entry to we have a little form on our website and we'll be more than happy to send them one two or a dozen of the names that they're looking for so that we can help facilitate that for them too Ray, why don't you tell us what the website is now we'll actually get all your information at the end as a second time but while we're talking with us why don't you let people know what that is pascal yeah, so the uh, website is www.eagle.golf, G-O-L-F. And on the website, there is the link for the Ryder Cup sweepstakes rules. Very simple to follow and enter to win. Good stuff. Now, it's going to sound here like I'm now a silent investor in Eagle Pay because I'm going to start gushing a little bit here about what you have. But I am actually looking at a screen capture of your mobile app here. And I I have to say, it is so elegantly simple with the user interface here. I'm just looking at this. There's two golf courses up here. Says how far they are from you. Able to book and click on play. Says how much per hole each day and a minimum three holes booking required. Boom. That's it. And away you go. It's really nicely done. So congratulations on that. 
I certainly appreciate good design and I'm more than happy to criticize bad or mediocre design. So you've done well here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So, uh, hey, before I let you go here, I always like to ask my guests this question here. And you've been in the golf industry for some time here, over 20 years now, it sounds like. So I'd like to hear your thoughts, Pascal, not only with regards to Eagle Pay, but in golf in general. Where do you see the future of golf being 10 or 20 years from now, whether it's technology, experience, community building, or some combination thereof? What are your thoughts of either where you think golf will be or where you'd like it to be? Well, I think golf will evolve. And I think there's a lot of different things that we're learning from a lot of players. And hopefully we can be one of those actors into golf transformation. But when you look at the advent of Top Golf, who has created a lot of entertainment using golf as a foundation, but by bringing millennials that now are enjoying a game that they never have been exposed to. I think you see from the European tour driving short golf format where they play six holes. So professional golf being played in six holes increment. Actually, at the Ryder Cup on the Tuesday, they will have a demonstration of their golf sixes. And the European tour is also an investor in Eagle as we are a force in furthering their mission. I think we're hearing all those discussions about how far should the golf ball go? How do we make golf more fun? So I think there's a lot of flux in the way golf is being reflected upon. The rules are being simplified. The game is being simplified. And at the end of the day, the one thing that it all points to is time. Time is of the essence in the American lifestyle and Canadian lifestyle and every lifestyle around the world. And allowing people to play for the time that they have, the game that they love, is something that is going to be critical. And hopefully we're going to be an actor, a voice and part of that conversation. I'm convinced that will happen. And one of the strengths of Top Golf, of course, why they've been so successful is they have cracked that nut on making golf more convenient and more time and cost effective, but they've had to get people off the golf course to do that. Where I'll be honest, I've talked to a lot of different mobile solutions and GPS enabled solutions in golf, and you are the only one that's actually harnessed that pain point that Top Golf has off the golf course, but you're now solving it by bringing that on the golf course. So exciting times for Eagle Pay and I have to have you back on the show another year from now to find out where you guys are because uh, I think your trajectory is going up here so I'm excited for you guys so congratulations thank you so much really appreciate being on the show and I will definitely be there when you need me and where you need me good stuff okay so to finish up here Pascal once again why don't you tell people where they can find out more about Eagle Pay both through your website but also through social media the website is eagle e-g-u-l-l dot golf the app is available on the iOS and Android platform. Search for Eagle Pay, E-G-U-L-L Pay. Very simple and fast download. We are starting our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. So they're all around the Eagle Inc., Eagle Pay hashtags and web pages. So a lot more to come from Eagle in the months to come as the golf season starts in 2018. So one other thing to mention that Eagle Pay, just like the Mod Golf podcast, is a free download. So go get it. And I strongly encourage uh, all of our listeners to give it a shot. So with that, Pascal Stoltz, CEO of Eagle Pay. Hey, thanks so much for joining me today on the Mod Golf podcast. This has been great. And as I mentioned, you're uh, right in the wheelhouse of the stories we love to tell here at the Mod Golf podcast. So thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. Have a great day. You too.
I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Mod Golf Podcast with the CEO of eGolf Pay, Pascal Stoltz, where we learned how they have created the Uber of golf by liberating golfers from the time required to get out there and play as little or as much as they want to. As Pascal mentioned, don't forget to enter the Eagle Pay 2018 Ryder Cup sweepstake, where one lucky winner will receive two tickets for the final two days at Le Golf National outside Paris, France, which includes two round-trip flights. Contest closes June 30th, so enter soon. All the details and a link to the contest entry are on our episode page at www.mod.golf. Join me again next week for my conversation with Yu Chang Cheng, who is the president of Top Golf Media. For top golf is to take the amazing and wonderful moments that matter and amplify them and make sure that other people know those stories because we want to make sure that everyone knows that you have the opportunity to experience this yourself and that it's not just a few people who show up and we want everyone to and so what that has allowed us to do in the vehicle that we've chosen to deliver that message is to actually create our own content so just as netflix or amazon are creating original content and we are too if you enjoyed this episode of the Mod Golf Podcast, you can find more engaging stories about the future of golf on our episodes page. You can also find all of our previous Mod Golf Podcast episodes on iTunes and Spotify. I'm your host, Colin Weston. Have a great week, and I look forward to you joining us again soon. Bye for now.